Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in He's picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Drink it in. Drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in. D Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what is going on? This is your boy Oakry. I am here um, serving up some Detroit Kool-Aid here on a Wednesday. I uh, hope everybody's doing well out there. I know it's uh, been crazy. Sports are on pause. Life's are crazy. Everybody's working from home. But I hope I can bring you some good content today. It's just going to be me. No Grifsky, no Waffle Maker, no uh, Grifka gimmicks today. Uh, but lots to talk about, so it should be a fun show. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. Let's do some news and notes. The main item I have is how the NFL is just... They're going with this virtual draft, which... I kind of sit on two sides of the coin. Like one, I'm thinking like this is what these guys do for a living. So they're professionals. They have the best of the best when it comes to IT and whatnot. But I'm also on the side of they're acting like it's it's no big deal. This this is the draft. The NFL draft is a huge deal. And to just tell people, oh, you could just, you know, just set up a home office and, and get it handled. And, and kind of ignoring the fact that, you know, usually in a draft room you have – your, your real board that you've worked on for months, you've got medicals people in there, you've got your scouts, you've got just so many different things. You've probably got multiple handful of phone lines that are all ringing off the hook all day. You've got these kind of security things in place that kind of, you know, makes this a top secret endeavor. Now you're saying, oh, just jump on Zoom and, and handle it. Like, I I don't know, man. I, I I'm glad the draft's moving forward. I, I can understand that the NFL is making them do it remotely because everybody else in the whole country and world is basically remote at this point from their home. But the fact that they're acting like, oh, just no big deal, just, uh, you know, you guys will figure it out, is <laughs> very odd to me. Like, I, I hope there's no big issues, either when it comes to technology or, you know, big delays or, you know, some kind of issue that could even affect an NFL team. But... We'll wait and see. I mean, I, I think it's going to be going to be much different. You know, I'm hoping for the Lions' sake that uh, this is a huge draft for them. And when you're talking about kind of being able to work the trade wire, especially with that number three overall pick, you know, that's going to be big. And then the problem is when you really think about it, at number three overall, there's really no time 
at that point to get a system down. You know, a lot of these guys will still be flying by the seat of their pants a little bit because there would have only been two picks before that. So it's not like the Lions are trying to trade a mid-second round pick where by then everybody else had a full day. You know, they're into their second day. They've tweaked everything. You know, I think you'll see a lot more trades kind of as the draft moves forward. But because those first round picks are so important and because, you know, there's just not going to be much time, you're basically going to they're going to hit the go button and you're going to have to hope that everything you've worked out in advance when it comes to Zoom, phone calls, you know, collaborating with all your different people remotely is all going to work. And it worries me that it might be tougher to trade number three or other GMs may be less apt to trade because they're just totally out of their element. I mean, I think it's a big thing to consider. So the main news and notes item is that the Lions, you know, as well as every other team have been put in this awkward position. You know, us as fans and and people out there that love football are just like, I'm just so glad in basically two weeks I get the NFL draft. But the NFL draft is so important to the longevity of your team. It's basically the lifeblood of a football team. If, if this short changes at all, or there's less trades, or there's there's some, some technical issues that hold a team back, like, it, it may be a, a more, I, want, I don't want to say more of a negative, but there could be a negative component to sort of just pushing forward at this point when everybody's a little bit uh, still out of, out of their natural elements. So, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm intrigued. I think, you know, they should be able to figure it out. Like I say, you have a whole IT department. I'm thinking they can come up with some some great systems. I would think the NFL would even have some things that they would uh, adapt in this type of scenario to make things easier. But, you know, the way it comes out in the media, it's just like we're moving forward. You're working at your home. You can't even get together at a, at a small apartment or a hotel or a restaurant or wherever it may be that's so, totally secluded and at least gather up your top five, you know, personnel and and you know whoever else might be there um but maybe it'll be great maybe that'll be better like maybe then there's not as many voices and maybe these gms can you know tackle things more directly maybe owners and people aren't as involved um but i uh i'm excited to see it you know i love the draft i'm hoping this one goes down well it'd be nice you know in the in the future to get back to the norm because i think the the big drum up with all the fans as well as you know, just the regular war rooms and the the way the NFL does business, I think, is a really we take it for granted sometimes. The things, oh, you know, we could do better sitting on our lazy boy, right? Uh, Grifsky, the uh, the lazy boy scouting uh, that he does, thinks he can figure it out, but really, there's so many people, like I say, from scouts that've watched these guys for all year. You've got your medical groups. You've got um, you know, the, the trade conversations, you've got the, Hey, let's get our, let's get together and compare these two players right on the spot. Um, you're, you're talking about scenarios, all those type of things that go down in the pressure cooker that is the NFL draft. So for people just to, you know, act like it's not a big deal or that, Oh, you know, it's just your fantasy draft now. No, no. (laughs) Like there's so much more that goes on than just sitting at your computer, making a pick here or there. Um, with, with your buddies in a local or, or work fantasy league, it's it's much bigger business than that when it comes to dollars and cents as well as um, these picks will affect you for years to come. So I'm hoping Bob Quinn's on it. I'm hoping he, he, when he nails this. It's going to be totally different, though, than anything they've ever dealt with before. So uh, my next item, I didn't give you guys anything off the top, so hang with me. What I want to do real quick is um, 
I'll give you kind of what I'm doing for this episode. So the next thing I want to talk about is my Believe in Lions. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V in Lions podcast. Some of you guys know about this. Some of you don't. I haven't talked about it a ton here on the Kool-Aid cast, but I want to do a little promo and crossover, give you a little bit of info on that. And it's also going to be the second half of this episode. I'm going to try to drive you to that Believe in Lions podcast so you can check that out. And hopefully you're craving Lions content like I am. I'm giving it to you. Hopefully you'll be uh, drinking it in. Uh, as you know, we do here on the uh, Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I mean, we're always doing that. Drink it in, man. So I want to serve up as much as I can. I'll give you a bunch of info today and hope that you'll go to Believe in Lions. Uh, drops every Monday morning and, and check that out if you haven't already. If you have, uh, please keep supporting that. It keeps growing with every episode, but trying to get the word out for sure that uh, I'm doing three Lions podcasts a week, two here on the Kool-Aid cast, and then that one on Monday as well. So we'll talk a little bit about that here in a moment. The other thing I'm going to do is I have... I'm going to tell you about a little bit about what I call the DTO scouting, which is my man cave, my office that I've totally dedicated to football. I'm going to tell you sort of how I have it laid out. And I made a mini board um, just for this show and just for my draft process, which has it, it kind of worked out crazy. It has 77 prospects on it. I have them somewhat in order, but I also used a um, magnetic calendar. So I have the first set of rows, seven, 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 you know what I mean? And then I have a whole uh, double stack of rows and it worked out to 77. So today I'm going to work my way through that not give you a bunch on every player, but I'm going to try to um, work through these prospects in groups and kind of tell you. Um, why I have them grouped this way, um, talk about some of the guys maybe I haven't talked about uh, enough maybe in the process so far. I just want you to know these names. These are the names that I have on my brain. These are the top 77 names or so that I want the Lions to consider as we kind of move our way down the draft board. That gets you to you know, anywhere from that second to fourth round type of prospects that should still be there. And as they come off the board, I'll be taking them off this magnetic board and keeping up and sliding people around as the draft goes as part of my process. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that. I'll probably give you, you know, the first 35 or so on this episode, and then you'll have to go um, catch the rest on Believe in Lions. And again, that's spelled B-L-E-A-V. So should be a fun episode. Uh, Let's dive right into it. Um, believe in lions again I just want to promote it Um, it, it's a fun show gives me a a bunch of freedom I I still love doing this show with Grifka getting into arguments doing our funny gimmicks and laughing that show the believe in lions show is a little bit more about football I kind of either have a guest on where I had uh, I have Logan Lamarandier on there once a month Um, uh, last week I had Ryan Dyrude he's uh, he's out in LA we talked NFL draft for nearly an hour gave him some scenarios we talked about the trade with the Chargers. We we walked down some players that we both thought might help the Lions and got his input on all that kind of stuff. Um, so just kind of different shows, you know, some shows on there, I'll be talking about free agency with, uh, Paul from Tampa. There's other shows where I'm doing solos either on the draft or on player personnel. I also get the opportunity, like I said, to bring in these guests, um, on a, on a pretty regular schedule. Uh, it just kind of depends, but Logan's pretty consistent. And then I'm definitely uh, getting more connections as I get into this. So, um, more people will be coming on in the future. So again, uh, believe in lions with the belief podcast network again b-l-e-a-v you can pull that up on google any type of podcast platform just type in b-l-e-a-v in lions it'll pop right up hit that subscribe button that really helps me out 
And uh, like I say, if you're looking for Lions content, I know there's multiple podcasts out there, but I definitely try to give you uh, something unique every week, try to bring that uh, energy and talk football and have a bunch of fun doing it. So if you could please support me there, I'd really appreciate it. Again, if you're hearing this for the first time, this following Monday morning, it drops about 3 a.m. Be ready for you right when you get rolling there on a Monday and uh, be talking NFL draft again this week. So you don't want to miss that one. Um, when it comes to the DTO scouting, let me get into my man, um, my man den, my office, the DTO scouting headquarters. It, what's funny, I kind of wanted to give you guys a little bit of background. So what I did is years ago, like when I finally really got into uh, analyzing football and dealing with the draft, you know, I kind of saw what they were doing, right? they had the magnets on the wall. And I literally, <laughs> it's funny, I remember like the second, the first year in, me and the Big Hughes were actually, uh, would watch the draft together. And one year we ended up finally like, let's let's get a board going. So I bought this big cardboard draft board um, that I could write the names on. And he had a, he had a little sheet or, or some type of setup that he had. And we wrote our boards down as people got drafted. We scratched them off and then we kind of compared notes, stuff like that. So once I got that going the next year, I was like, oh, I got to do better than that. So next year, this is hilarious. I actually went to Home Depot and I bought these metal sheets and I went to my grandpa's and I'm like, grandpa, I got no tools, man, but I need to know, I need to try to cut these metal sheets into like rectangles so I can put these magnets on them. So me and him are out there and, and we found a way to cut these perfectly and round the corners and whatnot so they wouldn't uh, just slice me if I dropped them on my toe or something <laughs> and uh, put those on a wall and and found a way to get some of these little magnets, put my little uh, stickers on that had the player's name, school, whatever it may be. And I started doing it like that. I did that for a couple years. And then as I got farther into it, then I started doing it by um by rounds. So I, I would have these boards that were for rounds. Like I take all my players that I thought were round one players and put them on one board, round two, round three. That was kind of like your horizontal board. I started doing that. Keep up with everything. I'd actually keep up with it during the draft. And now I'm I'm real far down the road with it. So in my current DTO scouting room, I've got gosh, how do I describe this to you uh, everybody out there listening? I've got all these kind of, they're, they're like plastic, but they're also magnetic. I've got a whole uh, wall that's just the teams. So I have all 32 teams, and I have uh, magnets with players and stuff. I do that for free agency and the draft. So as people go up, I put those up there. That way I can reference that. It's got all their numbers and stuff on it. Um, I also use that same type of magnetic setup for the kind of the player rankings. So like when free agency got going, I had all my rankings up there by position and I would rank them and move the magnets around. And as they came off the board, I keep track of it that way. I also have a wall that kind of has these calendar stickers, um, big stickers, big calendars, sorry, and uh, big enough to put a really nice NFL logo uh, in the middle of there. So uh, there's my draft order. I have all seven rounds laid out, and they're actually like Velcroed on. looks really sharp. Got that all ready to go. That way I can un-Velcro for trades. I can sort of move move teams around nice and easily. And then I actually uh, jimmied it up last year, which worked excellent, where I can actually take the player off of one of my ranking boards uh, that's Velcroed and just Velcro it right onto the team logo who selected them at that, at that pick. So it's really sharp. I have to get, I should get some pictures and stuff out on Twitter or something. So you guys can kind of see this. I also have these boards in my room that are, um, 
that are my fantasy football teams. So I'm in these crazy 32 team football leagues, fantasy football leagues that I've told you guys about. I'm tracking who I got and what open spots I got and, and future draft picks and all that kind of stuff on there. I also have another wall where the Velcro players are. So I've got all my 2020 draft players all laid out uh, by position, by ranking. Um, It's a dry erase as well. So I've got little notes and, um, Gosh, almost like um, anecdotes, little uh, scribble things that mean something to me that kind of tells me how the Lions interviewed him, what what year is he. Uh, you know, I kind of make a note if they're a sophomore. That way I kind of you know know that right in advance. If they have a real big red flag, I might write that down. If they're a PFF guy, you know, PFF's real high on them, I might make that note. Um, sometimes, you know, I might put a guy in defensive tackle category, but I might put NT next to him if he's a nose tackle. That way I just have that right in front of me um, to reference if I need to. Because once the draft gets going, it is pretty crazy. Um, you got to sort of keep up on this stuff. Uh, another part of my room, I've got the uh, I've got a couple boards up there that are, are line specific. So I've got like one that, that's offense, one that's defense. And I kind of lay that out by position so I can kind of see like where their depth is, where they're, where they're light, and, and erase and move people around based on who they add and who they get rid of. Um, I also have a, gosh, it's almost like a two deep chart, which is kind of like Lions, you know, who are their top couple players at each spot. That way, in case of injury and whatnot, you can sort of see like who's the next man up. A lot of, a lot of the stuff we know off the top of our head, but it's kind of nice just to have a visual in front of you. If you ever want to reference as well as, as they move people around, you can either scratch them off, take the Velcro uh, magnet off, sticker, whatever it may be, and kind of keep up with all the different transactions they're doing. And then I also got a little magnetic board this year, which is a little smaller and it's more like who are my free agent targets and who are my draft targets this year? So um, really narrowed it down. You know, there's probably only five or six per position there that I, I want on that board just so I don't have as much clutter and I'm able to see things quickly and move that around. So I think I got it all. I'm kind of trying to look and see what I got in here, but it's pretty, it's pretty sweet, man. It's like, it's funny to look because it came from a little cardboard thing that I think I bought on eBay back in the day that gave me, you know, a place where I could put 50 names. And now I've got a really cool setup for anybody that's a huge football fan, as well as this office. I mean, I got two, three computers. I got a, you know, a 60 inch screen in here. I've got multiple monitors, a couple jerseys in here. I got the goat Tom Brady. I got a Chuck Woodson, got a signed Stafford gamer in here, authentic Lions helmet, another Stafford Jersey. Um, So just some football things, uh, an NFL game ball, some other football gear kind of in here, but it's definitely a really sharp looking office, but you come in here, you know, you're talking football here at DTO scouting. That's kind of the fun name I've given it. Uh, that's my initials there. And, and like you say, who knows where this will take me maybe down the road, I'll be, uh, be able to get in into football officially and, and do some of this stuff even at a higher level. But every year it's, it's went up. So if you're, if you love the draft and you know, you, I, we all love doing things digital, but one thing I just wanted, the reason I want to bring it up and the reason I have all this stuff on my walls and have put time into figuring out how to create all these stickers and magnets and, and boards and, and, you know, team logos and whatnot is because there's something to just being able to like, 
put the player up, move his ranking around, you know, put the teams up one by one and sort of like as they trade, move them around. I don't know. There's something to that rather than just watching it on the computer. I mean, there's nobody that's more of a digital guy than me. There's nobody that's more, um, you know, wanting to innovate and wanting to be, you know, 21st, uh, you know, century plus with all my tech and data. But I've told people like even in in business and all this stuff, sometimes there's something to having a little uh, whiteboard, a a magnetic board or something where you can put some of your to do's and actually like move them around, touch them, take them off, you know, once they're completed. So when it comes to the draft, it kind of has shown me why the NFL still does it the way they do it, where people think, oh man, that's old school. Why, why you got the old school board? You know, why don't you have a, a big plasma and have, have your spreadsheets, your computers, like it really just doesn't work that way when you get rolling. I mean, there's a component to that. I mean, we have a ton of stuff digitally as well that me and the big Hughes and, and uh, well, not Grifka so much, but we're trying to get him to put in a little work on it. But uh, <laughs> we uh, we try to do that as well. But when it comes to game day, when it comes to the draft, like you really want to be able to see these things quickly. You want to be able to move them around. You want to be able to, um, you know, just put a couple guys up on the board. And as they get plucked off, take them off. It really helps show you kind of who's there, at what positions and stuff more so than a big data sheet big spreadsheet or some other setup you may think would work better. So that's a, that's a real quick roundabout of kind of my DTO scouting office den here. This is where I get a lot of my work done on all the different projects that I do, but it's definitely been cool to see the innovation and I feel pretty good. Like uh, just looking at everything and feeling how set up I am now compared to what I was years ago. It's uh makes the draft easier, more fun and, and also just, uh, like I say, I found a way to really make it sharp. You wouldn't come in here and think, oh, man, it's, um, you know, just too much or mess. It's really organized well and looks sharp. So um, that's a little inside for you. And uh, like I say, I think now is a good time for a break to get our sponsors in. When we come back, I'm going to start diving into this little mini board that I put together here recently that um, got my top 77 prospects. We'll just sort of uh, name them off. That way you at home can... Uh, hear those again or maybe you want to scribble these down again it's somewhat in order it's also somewhat just in groups as well as you know you can always nickel or dime these guys one way or the other but the big thing is just knowing the names why are they on there why do you have them where you have them and why are they important to the lions so we'll get into all that uh right when we come back from the break we'll be right back everybody you ready showtime on May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back from the break. Um, super excited to have you, everybody listening today. I mean, I think it, I think it deserves a soundbite, to be honest. Oh, woo! 
Maybe just for Frank Ribble, because I guarantee he's got to be out there listening somewhere. We'll drop the old Frank Ribble quad wow on the 77 prospects I'm about to drop on you guys. Wow! 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 <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys will be thinking that when this is said and done. But, um, you know, like I said, off the top, we just talked about the virtual draft, talked about my Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions show that comes out every week on Mondays. And I gave you guys sort of a... Um, audio version of what it's like to be in the uh, DTO scouting, my home office, my uh, man den, whatever you want to call it. And uh, now we're going to get down to business. Now we got to talk about some prospects. So um, what I thought I'd do, again, to keep this somewhat simple, is uh, I got – it just sort of worked out where the this board is tiny. It's not attached to any of my other setup that I have here. Um, but – the way it worked out is I was able to fit 77 names on there. So I know it's kind of weird. Uh, that would be the number. Usually you hear top 50, top 100, whatever. 77 is how it worked out. Um, and like I say, the beginning, it basically breaks down 7, 7, 7. So I'm going to work my way through these first batch. And then I'm hoping that you'll follow me over to Believe in Lions next Monday, where I'll give you the rest of the list and kind of pick up where I left off. Hopefully we get some crossover there. Either some people that listen to Believe in Lions will come over and check out the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And then people that listen to the DKC here will head on over to Believe in Lions and we can uh, keep this stuff going and keep it growing that way. So let's dive right into it. The, uh, I'm going to go down again, read these. Maybe there'll be some guys I talk to talk about more than others. So the first seven that I've got on my board, Chase Young, Isaiah Simmons, the safety outside linebacker from Clemson, Jeff Okuda, cornerback, Ohio State, Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU, Tua Tungavailoa, quarterback, Alabama. Derek Brown, the big defensive tackle from Auburn. And then I got Makai Becton, the offensive tackle from Louisville. So that's my first seven. That's kind of my top group. Now, some of you go, why, Oak Reed, you got the quarterbacks in there? I got the quarterbacks in there. Not that I'm wanting to take one. Not that I'm advising the Lions to take one. But because they're so dang valuable. So I thought leaving them off the list just somewhat was a disservice because if you trade down or you're sitting there and like I say, you feel like that's not only the best prospect, but that's the best thing for your future. I've said on multiple podcasts previously that I would not write off them taking Tua or if a Joe Burrow fell, there's been talk about, um, you know, the Miami Dolphins jumping up to one if that was to happen and then Chase Young was to go too. Hey, what do you do at that point for the future of your franchise? So that's why the quarterbacks are on there. And you can see I also put the big offensive tackle in there at the end. To me, he's just too big, too athletic, and the Lions need an offensive tackle. Like people have been talking recently about what if, what if they went up and took Becton or Wirfs? You know, that's not been on anybody's radar, but it wouldn't be a bad selection because you got to protect your quarterback and you have to value off big offensive tackles in this league. They're hard to find. They're invaluable when you find them. And uh, that's why Becton makes my list there, just based on sheer size and ability more so than the other guys. So my next seven, I got Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle slash guard out of Iowa. We've got Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. We got Wills out of Alabama, offensive tackle. We got Clavon Chason, outside linebacker slash edge out of LSU. C.D. Lamb, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma. 
Jerry Judy, wide receiver of Alabama, and Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, Georgia. So that's my next seven. When you're looking at those guys, I mean, I really like Tristan Wirfs a lot. I think he's a really safe pick. I think he's a guy you can get, and he can be a, a versatile guy on your offensive line, kind of like that that pick you know is not going to bust out. But what is his ceiling? You know, those are the questions. Kinlaw is a guy I know that uh, Eric Schlitt of USA Today Lions Wire uh, loves. He's always touting him up in that top 10 area. I always tell him, like, I love the player, but I just don't know that he's going to creep up into I think Schlitt has him up in the top. I think last time I chatted with him, he was saying, you know, he could see him going anywhere from four to seven. Uh, I think that's a lot. I do think if there's any player in this draft that could be a lion sleeper where they're just in love with this guy and think he's going to be an absolute beast, it could be Javon Kinlaw, but I would only really... I'm going to support it regardless because it's my team. Grifka, if you're listening, take notes. But (laughs) I would not be a fan if they took him without a big trade down because of, you know, positional value as well as just all the other things that this team is trying to develop. Let's see here. You got Wills as the tackle. You know that guy, uh, Chase on. He's a little bit hit or miss for people. People might say why you have him above the receivers and, and, and some of these other players that we've heard a lot about. To me, that edge rush is so important. Chase on's a guy that's really flashed on the scene. I feel like he could be uh, one of those real impact guys that you have for your franchise for years to come. So Chase on moved way up my list because of his talent, but also because of the Lions need for a freaky pass rusher. And yeah, he's, what is Chase on? He's 6'4", 240 pounds. So he's not as heavy as they normally look for, but I've been trying to promote that the Lions already got a bunch of big heavy ends and a big bunch of players that are just, you know, uh, the same type, just like their linebackers. The linebackers all the same. Uh, Chase Down would be that guy that's a little bit different body build, bend and ability, and I think it's sort of what the Lions need as long as you know they can make that work in, the, in their scheme. So those are my next seven. Again, Andrew Thomas squeaked in there as well just because he's getting pushed down the board, but this guy was a beast in college. He's a uh, one of those... Um, Elite positions again, played offensive tackle, 6'5", 320 pounds. Just seems like a guy that you want on your football team, so he made it into my uh, my second seven there. And then the receivers, you noticed I had I had CD above Jerry Judy. I just think CD Lamb's a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more special, a little bit more superstar quality. Jerry Judy's that little shifty water bug that you just can't guard, but... You know, he may put up those crazy numbers when it comes to catches, even touchdowns. But I just think if you want to get a receiver that's in just day one, your number one, or a guy that can be your 1A with another stud, I think CeeDee Lamb's going to bring a little bit more to the table in regards to his uh, ceiling of his career as well as just his ultimate production. I could see him just being a, a huge beast in the NFL, no doubt. Next seven that I got listed here on my little um, draft board that I did for the show. We've got Jordan Love, Patrick Queen. Jordan Love's the quarterback out of Utah State. we got Patrick Queen, the uh, linebacker out of LSU. C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. We've got uh, Christian Fulton, cornerback out of LSU. Uter Grossmatos, edge out of Penn State. we got A.J. Ampaneza. Edge from Iowa, and my guy made it into my uh, my third uh, tier here, basically. 
Marlon Davidson, the big defensive tackle, edge, whatever you want to call him out of Auburn. Absolutely love this guy. So let's review these real quick. So to me, Jordan Love is the third quarterback in this draft. I mean, he's getting a lot of hot and cold reviews. I watched him doing a game for PFF, and I wrote his name down after, like, the first quarter. I was just like, uh, you know, I got to remember this guy. He was making plays. He could throw it all over the yard. Just really impressed me. And then, obviously, he's had, you know, in the NFL, you kind of look for those traits, and you want a guy that, even if he hadn't produced, it was probably because of the talent around him and some of the coaching. But this guy has everything you look for. I really think he can be a good quarterback prospect, no doubt. Patrick Queen, again, a little boomer bust, but I love what he brings. You can play him inside, outside, whatever it is. He's a little bit lighter than what the Lions look for. Um, you know, not really. He's in that 230 range. Uh, really came on the scene in those national title games like him. Um, I'm not a huge C.J. Henderson guy, but a lot of people, you know, think he's uh, he's done really well. You know, Florida corners have burned the Lions, but that's not a reason not to take him. So I kind of have him in the middle here of my of my tiers with Christian Fulton again because of cornerback being a, a real big need for the Lions. They get pushed up on this board, which isn't like an overall. It's more just like, hey, would these guys would I like them on the Lions, and and are they positions of need, and and are they guys that I have. Uh, in the cluster of my guys, and he fits that. Uh, Gross Matos, I think, would be a great edge guy. Epinez is a guy that, man, if he keeps sliding down the board into the second round, like he's going to have to be considered, but it'd just be curious to see where he goes. And then Davidson, to me, is just that, you know, gosh, he's almost like a Deshaun Hand build where he's just bigger, thicker, but the way he bends, the way he gets the football away from the quarterback and the, the type of personality he has... I think would just be a, a great fit for this team. If they could get him in the second or even in the, the third round range, that'd be tremendous. I even, you know, he's moving up the boards though. I don't know. He'll be there if you try to wait it out after pick 35 next seven, Henry Ruggs, the third wide receiver, Alabama. We got Deandre Swift running back, Georgia, Jonathan Taylor, 215 plus pounds runs a crazy 40 yard dash running back Wisconsin then you got J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State running back now Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma big old defensive tackle Ross Blacklock big defensive tackle and Trayvon Diggs cornerback Alabama so with those seven, you're kind of getting now into guys that are on the fringe for me, like talented players, but not guys that are, um, you know, where I'm considering either anywhere from three to, to 12, you know, probably where the Lions would be selecting. So, you know, Henry Ruggs is too talented to not have him on this list, but he's not a guy that I really want the Lions to select. I'm also not going to take him completely off the board because you don't know what can happen on draft day. That's a little news. And you don't want to take somebody totally off that's crazy talented and a top first round pick. You want to leave him there just in case you were able to maybe trade down twice. Maybe you're sitting there in the 20s and, and Ruggs is the guy at that point. Um, Swift, Taylor, and Dobbins, I'll kind of take all those guys in a big clump. I feel like those guys are great running backs. I feel like the Lions could use a top running back to pair with Carrion and sort of put that bad running game to bed. But I'm not sure I'm willing to do it, you know, early on, your first or second round. I feel like there's value in rounds four and five when it comes to running back. So I'm probably waiting on those guys. But again, based on talent, based on ability, they're there um, back to back to back on my board. 
Um, got Gallimore. Gallimore to me would be a, a great, um, you know, upper second round pick if they want to add to that defensive interior. Same with Blacklock. Blacklock's another guy. You go ahead and watch him. Man, he really, he really gets after the football and is impressive at times when you watch, watch some of his uh, his plays and highlights. Um, Trayvon Diggs is a guy I put on here again, based on corner need. You could probably flip him around with a few other players, even a few other corners, to be honest. Um, but I, I did have him here in my fourth rung of guys. And the reason I put him there sort of, uh, was because of ball, ball playability. I feel like he's got, uh, some playmaking. I've said that on previous shows and I think that he, uh, he gets a little underestimated. So he could be a guy that you'd, you'd have there in the early to mid second round. If you end up picking up an extra pick there, he might be something you look at. Next seven, this will be the, the last seven I do for this show. You've got uh, Caesar Ruiz. I guess I should say it where I, uh, where I trill the R out. Caesar Ruiz out of Michigan, um, big old interior offensive lineman. I got Xavier McKinney, the do-all safety out of Alabama. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, LSU. I got Grant Delpit, the safety out of LSU, right behind him. And, oh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the running back out of LSU, right behind him. Three LSU guys right in a row. They're obviously going to dominate this draft with the type of talent the season they had. I've got Curtis Weaver, an edge out of Boise State. And then I got, let's see, I got two here that are kind of a tie before I uh, cut it off. I'll just give them both. Uh, you might get a bonus one here then over the uh, the the count that I mentioned, but at the end of this board, I had T Higgins who I've seen the lions, you know, be mentioned with him in the second round. Uh, he, he's kind of a tough, he's like a smooth athlete. When you watch him, you're just like, wow, this guy's big and smooth and just reminds you of like a Marvin or a Kenny type where he just can go get it. He's a red zone. He can catch it over the top. He can run after catch kind of a really six, four, 200 some pounds. But I also have my questions about him as well. And then my other corner, which is kind of right in that Trayvon Diggs-type area, uh, A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. I put him above my guys, um, Arnett and Gladney and Dantzler and some of those guys. I felt like Terrell is sort of, from what I've heard from other people, as well as you know where he went to school and some of the things I think about him, I think he just barely makes that cut here on uh, the, the fifth rung of my list. Um, just looking at some of the names, I mean, Cesar Ruiz is a name you're seeing a lot with the Lions right now. I mean, he's played center basically his whole college career. If you if you do draft into the Lions, you're getting versatility, but you're also asking him to then switch and either play the right or the left guard position. I mean, he seems like a kid that could do it and do it at a pretty high level, but uh, that that makes me worry a little bit. You much rather have a guy that played there, you know, consistently and has flexed at the other spots rather than vice versa. If I had my choice, but. Um, you know, it's an option you're going to hear a lot about there in the second round. Um, McKinney and Delpit are just safeties that I think can do a lot. You know, they're kind of getting undervalued, pushed down the board. I, I <coughs> you know, the Lions seem pretty set at safety. That's another reason they're farther down my list here. Um, you know, the Lions almost don't have any room. When you got T-Walk, you got Harmon, you've got Harris, you know, uh, and uh, some of the special teams guys that they have back there at safety, you don't have a room for another big impact guy. But if the draft falls and they're staring you in the face and that's the top player on the board, you don't want to totally pass them up just to be like, oh, I got to go get this other glaring need, which, 
you know, you're getting a lot less football player or you know you can get that later because, you know, we're talking the first couple of rounds here with a lot of these talents. Curtis Weaver is a guy that some people know, some people don't. You go ahead and watch him. Uh, you know, he's a he's a hustle player. He gets after you, uh, can get to the quarterback. He's not a uh, bodybuilder type, but he's a guy that Bucky Brooks loves. He's a guy that I've liked more that I've watched him. I heard a couple interviews, too. Seemed like a real good football player. That's a little side note, too. Like, you can go watch these guys' YouTube highlights. You can look at their college stats. You can pull a Grifka and say you watched them a couple times, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. One thing I like to do is go pull up an interview or two on YouTube and see if these guys got a good head on their shoulders. Do they sound like they love football? Obviously, we don't have all the interviews and all the medical and all the stats that an NFL team does. But it is important if a guy loves the game, sounds smart, sounds like you can pick up things. That's something you want to look for. So, um, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, fall in that range. But you do want to check that out. So uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, again, he he makes it after those top three running backs. But he's sort of the perfect fit almost for the Lions based on his catching ability and the way that he could just mold right in at the running back position. But, again, you're going to have to spend a high resource, probably, uh, you know, your second round pick to get him. So I'd be more apt to wait, wait it out. So everybody, those are my first uh, 35 or so selections kind of in general order. You can move a few around here or there, but as those people get plucked off, that helps me get a little quick glance at who the Lions have options at. And then, like I said, I got another 35 or so right to the left of those that will move over as players, you know, get taken off the board. And and as I feel like I want to move these guys around as we get closer to the draft, because the minute you think you have it set, you know, you want to move this guy up a little bit more. This guy's got to go down based on maybe somebody the Lions will sign here in the next few weeks or so. So um, you you just never know. We got to stay flexible. But everybody, that's Detroit Kool-Aid cast for the week. Um, Really appreciate you listening. Fun show to do. Talked about a lot today. I hope you go check out that Believe in Lions podcast that I'm getting off the ground, as well as always keep listening to us right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. So we'll be back here on Friday talking all things Detroit Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Thank you, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, man. Drink it in, man.